1: At some point, you just have to do it. Right. You, you're never going to be super prepared. Like I could have had weeks notice and sat home and tried to better prepare myself and tweak everything for this yeah. to be perfect. But yeah. at some point, you just have to do it.
0: My name is stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech Podcast here in Seattle, Washington, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited to have Juliet here with me. Hello. Hello. How uh, to be here. So Juliet, are you from Seattle?
1: I am not. I, like many people, moved here originally for a job with Amazon.
0: Oh my That's gosh. Like yeah. The, the whole city, it seems.
1: Yeah. And where did you come from originally? From Southern California, originally. Yeah. I went to school in LA, and it's become quite the tech scene since oh, then, how, yeah. and then have been a few places in between then and now.
0: How cool. And you know I'm from LA, yes. so yeah. Um, so go ahead and formally introduce us to you and to a little bit about what you do.
1: Yeah, sounds great. I yeah. am the founder and CEO of Everly, and we are an online wedding planning platform, uh, really taking on the $2 billion wedding planning industry that's really not working for consumers and trying to bring a much more user-friendly face to it.
0: Um, and what Walk me through it. Um, what kind of experience do we have using Everly? This is really meant to
1: bring customers back into the fray and build a product that works for them. So right now, the industry is really set up on two extremes. You have the full-on DIY approach where wedding planning becomes your part-time job, right? and that's the reputation of it being overwhelming and stressful. Or you can hire a full-service wedding planner who are very good at what they do but cost many thousands of dollars, and there's really not anything in between. And so that's what we're trying to solve for, is that couples can pay to have access to unlimited access to experts, personalized planning tools, but at a much more Approachable price point. So, what that looks like is we get to know our couples through our online platform that we built, and we ask them questions about what do you do on the weekends and how much time do you have to spend on this? Not What's your dream wedding and yeah. upload a, a dream vision board yeah, or anything yeah, yeah. like that? And then we build everything based on their style, budget priorities. They can check in with us at any time. So they have access to that expert team. Um, so they're really getting assistance throughout the process, but it again at a price point that a lot more people can afford.
0: It's so crazy. So I was just in a wedding. I was a. Uh... I think you call it a bridesmaid. Like not the yeah, maid of honor. I don't know much about weddings as you could tell. Um and I see how stressful it is and how expensive it is. It's not I it so happens that I actually don't desire to be married. But all my girlfriends do. And I watch what they go through and I'm trying, maybe I don't desire to be married because it looks like a traumatic experience.
1: It's absolutely crazy. (laughs) And unfortunately, I think a lot of people have the same viewpoint where the whole industry is built up in a way that they say, this is your dream. You're a princess. You're special. You've dreamed of this your entire life. And a lot of my friends say that doesn't resonate with me. Not only does that not the case for me, but it actually is kind of alienating. They start to do what you do where it says, I'm going to second-guess this, and if everybody feels that way and I don't, then maybe I shouldn't be a part of this. And so we're really trying to solve for that, where there's all these well-educated, successful women who have a ton of things going on in their life. They're excited to be married, but their wedding is not the only important thing that will ever happen to them.
0: Does Everly make it possible... And you guys, I have no idea what the answer is to this. So I may be setting up Julia for failure right now. Does Emily make it possible not to go into like, uh, crazy debt or, um, even just have outrageous bills? Yeah. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Absolutely. So that's really at our core is we are trying to give consumers the experience that they're looking for. And part of that is not overspending. So we work with couples on all different size budgets. And we actually just booked a client who said that their budget's $6,000. Yeah. And I am always surprised that, you know, with our flat fee that couples necessarily want to carve out the cost savings that we bring to the equation on a limited budget, but we're very open to it. And really what that conversation is, whether your budget's that $6,000 or that $60,000 is having that conversation around what matters to you. And so if that's having an open bar and serving pizza, let's make it happen. Or if you care about great flowers, then we're going to allocate money for that. But people have different priorities. And I think where you end up overspending is because you get sucked into a bunch of things you don't care about.
0: And you said that you used to work with Amazon. So you have a background in the tech space. Let's walk through... Um. What brought you here? So, did you have tech at home when you were growing up? Was there a computer in your house? Did you play video games? Yeah. So,
1: as I I said, I grew up in Southern California, so similar to where you are at your point in life now. And my mom worked in film production, so I felt like we were a little on the cutting edge. Yeah. Like we had one of those big camcorders that rested on your shoulder earlier oh, than yeah. anybody else yeah. did. And uh, yeah, remember like we were one of the first people with Wi Fi. The old like, uh, right. Excuse me, not Wi Fi. I don't even know the old words. Modem, like yeah, dial yeah, yeah. up, where it had the bing bing. Yeah. Um. So a little bit of exposure to that. But certainly to the extent that it is super necessary in your world, um, like it is in the film industry. So it felt like I had a little bit of exposure, but it wasn't necessarily where I thought my career was heading. Um, Kind of more of an opportunistic play, since it's such an interesting time to be in the tech world now.
0: When did you first realize, I feel passionate about technology?
1: A lot of that came up for me during business school. So kind of walking back a few steps, uh, started my career, studied business undergrad, started my career in banking, went to business school and had every intention to go back into banking. And it was a career path that was very laid out in front of you. And it was a lot of like, follow the rules and don't screw anything up and you'll be reasonably successful. And I'm impatient and I wasn't really willing to sit around for 10 years and just follow the rules until I got into a job that I thought was going to be interesting. And so a career in tech seemed much more compelling at that point. Um, came here for a job with Amazon out of business school, really seeking a career in a space where I could take things apart and figure out how to make them better. And what did you do with Amazon? I was in a corporate finance role. So still getting into the tech world, but uh, kind of leveraging my background in finance. um, So not the full on foray into product management or anything, Um, but that was kind of a a nice in-between introduction.
0: When was that point that you dove in? Was it at Everly? Is that when you dove into the tech space? It is. No, are you a first time founder? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, okay. This is a new question I want to ask you guys. This is totally like out of sequence, whatever. Is this your first podcast that you've been on? Yes, it is. First tech company, first podcast. And I'm very excited to be here. It's so crazy. Okay. So, so many people have told me off the record that it's the first show that they've ever been on. And I think that a lot of, I, I'm going to start asking everybody because So many people are afraid to take that leap to make it their first. And I want to show an example of just how many people like this has been their first show ever because – that's the point. You're listening right now, and you're feeling like, oh, they already know everything. They know how to do everything. She speaks so perfectly. I can't do that. And I'm like, no, it's her first time too. You know. And you just have to yeah. dive in and do it yeah. at some point. I actually was just talking to somebody in the
1: wedding industry to do a yeah. podcast with them, and they asked me if it was going to be my first one, and I said yes. And now it won't be. <laughs>
0: that's so funny. But I think
1: that's so much of the tech world and so much of the startup world is that like at some point you just have to do it. Right. You, you're never going to be super prepared. Like I could have had weeks notice and sat home and tried to better prepare myself and tweak everything for this yeah. to be perfect but yeah. at some point you just have to
0: do it and i think every show is different like this show is really uh organic whereas other shows are more scripted um or i'm not scripted like whatsoever so our scripted period i think it's just figuring out what works for you what's an alliance i'm like the world's most terrible scripted person. I sound like an idiot. So anyway, so what was that moment that you thought I, one, why do you have a passion for weddings or do you have a passion for what is it? I do.
1: I have a a passion for that and also a passion for the, customer experience. And again, taking things apart yeah. and making them better and saying this is a massive industry yeah. that is not working for the end user. But the backstory on this is it was really an idea that came up for me during business school. So right. I always feel kind of funny talking about this because it sounds very junior high, but no. we had a, a student board and I was yeah. social chair and ran large events every weekend here yeah. in the woods in New Hampshire. And so yeah. if you wanted anything fun to do, you were coming to a school party. We right. are not competing interests right. in New York or LA or anything like that and got a lot of experience at this. And so over those two years, planted a number of large events, including six formals that I used to joke and call my practice weddings because they essentially were. It was yeah. an open bar and a band and a hotel block at a with a bunch of rooms right. and a sit-down dinner and all of that. And that. It really is a wedding. It really yeah. was a wedding. And so it got a lot of experience and exposure into that world and saw how wildly inefficient it was. So yeah. my experience with that is you'd call a hotel and say, we want to have a couple hundred people for a big event. Yeah. I've never done this before. Can you tell me if this costs $5,000 or $50,000? Right. I truly don't know. Yeah. And they would say, oh, well, you have to talk to Gina. She's our events manager. OK, can I talk to Gina? Yeah. Well, she's out on vacation. And she won't be back for another week. And you're like, you can't tell me anything
0: about yeah. this?
1: And then they would come back and give you some high-level information about this. And every answer is always, and I see it still in the wedding industry, is, well, it depends. Like, yeah. what do you want? And everything, they try to spin it off as it's right. customized. your special. We'll do this um very unique experience for right. you. And you are like, just tell me how much it costs. Yeah. I don't want to drive out here and come see this if it's 10 times more than my budget. Yeah. And so that was my original foray into that industry to see how challenging it was for for so many end users.
0: And and if you don't mind me asking, are you married yourself? I'm not.
1: And so, so many people in this industry, they get the experience and that exposure from their own wedding wedding experience.
0: But for me, it was for these events, my
1: practice weddings, not my real wedding. Your practice weddings.
0: This is so cool. Okay, so you decide you want to create this. It makes a lot of sense to me because you have this experience in production. And even from someone like me, I shared like it's a traumatizing experience. I could see why you want to be part of the solution. Kind of like how I'm creating the Women in Tech podcast. Mm -hmm. like I want to be part of the solution. So how do you dive in? Like, What are your first steps? Yeah. So I actually uh, had been noodling on this for a while
1: and was a bit intimidated on that to say it's a huge industry. How am I going to come in and, and start from scratch? And so what I ended up doing was while I was at Amazon, threw up this like funky little Squarespace website and started my own wedding oh my planning God, business. Love it. And 30 couples booked me and I out. walked through the whole process with them. And it gave me exposure to understanding what's working about the planning atmosphere now and what's not. I started to build relationships with vendors. Yeah. And so when I was able to dive into this full time, had a bit of a base, had experience so that I'm in a position to be able to advise customers knowing yeah. firsthand what it looks like.
0: Wait, wait, wait. There's so many questions I have. One is how'd you get how those thirty people find you?
1: It was some paid advertising, uh, a lot on social media, and then. Ultimately, it started to become that positive flywheel that you want with referrals.
0: And I hope that everybody's listening that you use Squarespace. Squarespace is an amazing, um, utility resource. If you're not a programmer to have, to have what's called an MVP minimum viable product to have a beautiful looking website that you don't have to understand how to build because they make it stupid simple, crazy and, simple. Yeah. Yes. And then, and you could at least test out your, mm-hmm. your concept because y- do you still use Squarespace? No, we're, yeah. we've, we've moved on. That's what I figured perfect place yeah. to
1: start. And they build in anything that you need. And then also I could Google any answer that I needed. And I was so proud of myself every time I would find a Google answer where I could like copy and paste
0: code into Squarespace and it would work. Yeah. Amazing. So I'm a developer now. This yeah. is perfect. Yeah. Amazing. That's how I customize my MySpace page. So <laughs> So you do that. And then it's just brilliant. I love it. And I hope you guys are really getting that, how attainable that is. And then... um and then you start these partnerships with vendors. That's just a lot of hustle and, and mm-hmm. contacting. Mm-hmm. And at what point were you able to go off and do it full time? Did you save up enough money? Did you get investment? Did you have customers paying you? What was your story? It was some of the money from
1: those 30 couples that I was able to pour right back into the business and then personal savings and trying to bootstrap this for as long as possible.
0: And how did you know what to charge?
1: you can somewhat level set across the industry. So you have an idea of what everybody else is charging. But then what I did, which is very normal in the tech industry and not particularly normal in the wedding industry, is get out of the building and go talk to people and say, like, what is your willingness to pay for this? Yeah, And I don't see that a lot in the industry that I'm in because people – I think look at it much more in a small business mindset where it's sort of cost-based accounting right. where they figure out how much it costs and how much they want to make as a profit. And that's what they decide to charge. Right. And I'm always trying to advise them of like, go out and see what people's willingness to pay is because yeah. that's ultimately going to be a more heavy driver.
0: Yeah. And okay. And so now uh, how long have you guys existed? We launched the platform as it exists today, just around the first of the year. Oh, congratulations. And how many people have you served so far?
1: We have 15 through the pipeline right now.
0: That's so cool. Mm-hmm. And so you've been a part of 15 weddings happening. F- through this current model. Yeah, 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 In
1: addition to, yeah, the couples that I had worked with just sort of as my market research.
0: That's so exciting. Yeah. Oh, oh it's and, and now there are these stories you could say, do you, do you go to the weddings? In that old model,
1: I did. So that was sort of that traditional model where I was walking through that process because I wanted to be at the wedding day. I wanted to learn firsthand how to build a timeline and how right. long things take and what vendors need from right. you to ultimately build this more scalable approach where it wasn't going to be me because there's a finite number of Saturdays right. in a year. Um, so in this model, we're not. We're working with couples all throughout the planning process to match them with vendors, manage their budget, all of that. If they want to hire someone there, yeah. the day of we'll help them find that person and we've negotiated rates on their behalf. Um, so I'm not going to the weddings anymore. Uh, but that was where a lot of the learnings happened, especially yeah, the part of the job that has to become sort of part therapist and
0: family (laughs) counselor (laughs) totally um and then where would you like to see everly going
1: So we're just in the Seattle market right now based on the hyper-local nature of vendors, of local photographers and caters and whatnot. So want to prove out concept here, product-market fit, validate that we're charging the right price, and then it will be a future rollout in city-by-city markets.
0: And if you had one ask of the global tech community, something that they could do to support you in your success, to help you accelerate forward, what would that ask be? I want to get the word out. The thing with being the
1: first mover is that it's a great advantage that when people learn about this, it's a wonderful solution for so many couples, but they don't know enough to go looking for it right now. And we don't have any competitors in this space, which is great. But again, people don't know that a solution like this exists. There's so many people who are in this mindset of either I have to spend every Saturday planning my wedding or shell out $7,000 for a wedding planner. So helping to get the word out that there is a much more tech-based approach to to good solutions for a lot of couples would be very helpful.
0: And uh, where
1: where should they go? Uh, to our website, EverlyWedding.co. Can you spell it for us? Yes, that's E V E R L Y Wedding W E D D I N G
0: <laughs> dot C O. And what is one obstacle that you have successfully overcome? What did you learn from it, and how did you overcome it?
1: A lot of this is really around early market adoption. So I love having conversations with potential customers or vendors in the market who don't understand this and within 90 seconds go, oh my God, I love that idea. We've been looking for a solution like that. So that will continue to be the case uh, until we are a household name. Um, but as of right now, that's been a really rewarding thing to overcome.
0: Okay, two last questions. One, uh, what's your favorite book? Can I give you top three? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, I love how often we all in technology still read. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. And I read books. I have my iPad and I I read books. And I got one semi-recently and somebody asked me years ago, well, what do you read? Yeah. Like, books. Yeah, you, Turn the pages. <laughs> um, a huge fan of Eric Larson. And I think my favorite of his books is In the Garden of Beasts. What's it about? It's the American ambassador to Berlin in the early 1930s. And it's their kind of slow realization of right. watching what starts to to proliferate. Um, next one's Liar's Poker, Michael Lewis, yeah. amazing, um, especially in my early career in banking. Totally. Uh, such a fantastic author. Um, and I'm going to have to go with uh, Faulkner, The Sound and the Fury for the last one to round that out with a little fiction. Love it. That's a great question.
0: Oh, Yay. Uh, Glad you like it. Your favorite tech tool could be hardware, apps, websites, anything.
1: This is incredibly simple, but in the wedding industry, like Instagram is everything. And so loading up all our social media posts on later has been tremendously helpful because it is such a time suck and it's something that I'm not naturally good at. So it was taking me a ton of time. So I've learned in like batching work to go in and schedule four months of posts and then sit on my hands and not allow myself to revisit it.
0: Wait, are you saying has Instagram changed things now where you can't, you don't have to post it from the native app anymore? That's right. Thank God. And
1: actually (laughs) they just, so we have been using this platform later for quite some time and they used to have to send push notifications. So I would like at the gym in the morning. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And they just within the last month or so are able to auto publish. Nice. So I no longer have an excuse to go on there like
0: nine times a day. Like, nice. It's taken care of. Move on. I have someone on my team doing that, and I always wonder I'm like, are they still having to push it? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so frustrating. That's a good one later. And we'll include these in the show notes too, so you can check them out. How can people connect with you? Over social media or email is perfect. Where can they find you?
1: Um, they can email me directly at Juliet at EverlyWedding.co or on our website where we have a chat feature. Cool. And on social, where are you? Uh, handles at Everly Wedding across all platforms. Sweet,
0: Julia. Thank you so much for hanging thank out with you. the Women in Tech it's podcast. Fun. Yay. If you want to connect with more extraordinary women in tech, remember you could go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. And you can say hello on social at Women in Tech Show. Let us know if you'd like the Women in Tech sticker on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will talk to you guys. See you guys. Hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Hi, I'm Juliette Horton, the founder
1: and CEO of Everly. Everly is an online wedding planning service allowing more couples access to professional wedding planning help online. We're based in Seattle, Washington, and you're listening to Women in Tech.
0: Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution every little bit counts. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision.